0: hey guys welcome to the wbf podcast this is daniel and i'm here with my dad kelly robinson how are you doing hello son <laughs> <laughs> so i like to tell people when i talk to people in church you see a lot of people who uh especially in church who look for like a spiritual father mm-hmm. and uh a lot of the times that their physical father wasn't the best example. Right. And you know, obviously God is our our father, but you see a lot of people in church searching for a dad figure, a mentor, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, even John when he talks about his spiritual father, it'll bring him to tears if he's talking about Rick Ricklanden, and right. and uh I've heard Garrett talk about he's our youth pastor about not having a dad growing up. And so you can just see how it affects people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've told you this before, but I'll, I'll say it again, just so you know, I don't have to have that because I know that you've always been a part of my life. And so I have a spiritual father and a physical father, all mentioned in one. So I'm so blessed, you know, even Zach, my best friend growing up who who's with the Lord now, even him not having his dad around, you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize how much it affects people, but as you grow up with them, you can start to see the damage that that takes. Mm-hmm. So for everyone out there who doesn't know you, I just want to say how much of a blessing it's been, not only that you didn't continue in what the world just seems as a normalcy anymore, divorce, not only did you not do that, you stepped into a broken home.
1: Right, right.
0: You stepped in and met mom when she had two boys.
1: Exactly, right. That's right.
0: So you, you were part of a healing process, which is just not, and I don't think that's a normalcy in the world today.
1: Right.
0: Right. I'd say most people, I think divorce is, you know, over 50%. Um, It's just a normalcy. You know, it's just a thing that happens. It's just explained away. And not only did you step in and change my mom's, you know, mom's life with uh, William and Ryan. and, And then you guys had me, obviously. But then you guys begin to foster after we have all moved out. And now you have three new children. I have three sisters because... Not only did you, you know, fix a broken home, you stepped in and took these kids in as your own. So, Justin, amount of love you have for, for people is truly awesome.
1: It was a work in progress when I first started dating your mom. Initially, I was wondering if I could do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A wife with uh, two kids. But as our relationship grew, and grew, and and obviously, you know, being around the boys, uh, God just really kind of started working it out in my heart, and in my mind, you know, and stuff, because, I mean, you know, it's uh, taking on two children is a big responsibility, but, uh, you know, my love for your mom uh, just flowed into the boys, and it was all good. It just—it was all really natural. It just kind of naturally happened, you know. I didn't wasn't like this long struggle. It just—it just kind of all unfolded and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I've already been down this road one time, <laughs> and then we had you. Yeah. And uh, here we are, years later.
0: You, you decided that was enough until until recently, and then
1: decided to. So now you have a two-year-old. A nine-year-old will be 10 this Wednesday, and a 13-year-old.
0: That's incredible. So I know uh, I kind of want to go back to the very beginning of your story, but real quick, while we're talking about you stepping in, how long had you known the Lord when you stepped in um, and met Mom? Guesstimation. Well,
1: let us see. Um, at least 10 years. At least 10. I think that's a
0: huge uh thing because like I I don't know if if you weren't as grounded and rooted in what you believed in, I don't know if it would have been as easy for you. Right. You know what I mean? And I know that like for mom's faith, you were like a total like eye opening, like she hadn't really heard what you had been hearing taught, right? Right. Basic. She was like more old school Baptist. Right. You you've been listening to this word of faith ministry stuff. So Um, I think that the the years you put in before you stepped up and and met her, I think God had, had a reason for that, you know, to get you really ready to be sure of who you were, you know.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We just kind of meshed together. We had two hour conversations on the phone as we uh, started dating and stuff. So, you know, learned a lot about each other, just talking about things and, and the spiritual things too and stuff, but uh, I never did really push that stuff on your on your mom. Your mom was grounded; she was solid in her faith. So I always knew because of that that uh, solidness in her faith that I could eventually bring into into her uh, awareness, uh, you know the Holy spirit and mm. baptism with the Holy spirit and things like that, that nature and stuff. So. Real
0: quick. Well, I know you were a strong Christian, wasn't trying to say anything, but I just knew that <laughs> from the little bits I hear over the years that, you know, maybe she hadn't been opened up to some of the spiritual aspects of, you know, the Holy spirit and, and the, all, all the things that the power that comes with that and stuff. So, um, yeah, she was definitely super strong. Um, I mean, so so tough and so loving to take care of the uh, of my brothers for a season by herself and mm-hmm. the amount of time she prayed into you. She prayed into you. She prayed for a husband. She mm-hmm. prayed for someone and and God hurt her. And so it was she was faithful. Um mm-hmm. so not to to put any shortcomings on that, but um I guess I just kinda wanna like tell you a little bit about I know we talked about it. A couple times about what i want to do here because i listen to podcasts a lot i'm on the road for like four or five hours usually about four but you know longer days i'm on the road a little bit longer and you can get you know i i didn't really you know i like i love music you know i, I play guitar and i love music but i can only listen to the radio for so long so i like conversational stuff uh you know, when I got a job at the post office, I started listening to Sports Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. Just something to pay. And that was like a three-hour window. You know, some of them I don't like as much, but Dan Patrick, and anyways, he's on Fox Sports. I listened to him for like three hours. I started listening to him for about three hours. And slowly but surely, I started getting into like podcasts. And, you know, a lot of them are just secular. They're, there's a lot of interesting and very entertaining that can keep your mind going and keep your you know your mind off of just the monotony of the job but it's not really filling me up with anything good and sometimes the conversations are fine but sometimes they're really not sometimes they really are despairing against the lord and so i'm aware of it and i want to change that and i want to also give other people something else to listen to because there's this free like there's this free talking point thing that people do on podcasts where they just talk about life they just talk about um their achievements or this that or the other or just whatever off the wall bounce it off the wall and i don't think there's very much like that with good godly christian people you know you can get on there and listen to preaching or but people talking about the bible and we're going to talk about the bible today too but I think like this testimonial based just free range conversation we can talk about real world topics. I also wanted to motivate people in our church to uh step up. I want to bring on people who serve in in, in our church in different avenues to 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 motivate others who feel like they don't have a purpose to say hey maybe I could try that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, after going through discovery I just felt led to to do something. John asked me to serve in the youth and I've been helping with the youth and, and now I'm gonna step into other things. I just wanna I, I want to be used. It's like it's like I feel so pointless to come and not do anything. I I've been in church for so many years and you guys have instilled in me to like, you know, want want more, want more, want more. So um we were doing this uh Sunday night and John was reading in Revelation, we were talking about deliverance and it was really eye opening to me i i need deliverance for things and, and then some stuff that i need to work on and, and spend time in my quiet place and continually submit myself to god submit myself to god and i've been thinking about trying to do this podcast again and it seems like i was going to start at the beginning of the year and and here we go lo and behold it's not you know life gets busy i get scared or nervous i mean all the uh, you could make a thousand excuses but John was reading in, in Revelations 12, and I'm going to read this real quick, and then we can kind of dive into um, sure your story. So, Revelation twelve seven, And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old. And John stopped right there and made the alliteration or the, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but all the way back in Genesis, whenever it's talking about the serpent. Mm-hmm. So he makes the connection there that the dragon was cast out, that serpent of old. And he mentioned that Satan could only eat the dust of the earth. So he must have been eating a lot of dust over the years to become a dragon. Sorry. Called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Satan does not stop. You know, something that I feel like people of my generation might have a problem with, and maybe it's just me, is. Motivation. Mm. You don't see Satan ever having any problem being motivated.
1: <clears throat> no, he's pretty determined.
0: There's a spirit of like this this like demonic thing of laziness that can happen, and especially in our culture today where we're so comforted where we can get real lazy. Right. I know I have over the years been very lazy. But it just says right there that he he was accusing us before God day and night. You know, there's stories of him doing that in the Bible. I'm sorry I'm stopping a couple times through here, but just as you read it, it just comes alive. But Satan's not, he's not just lounging back, sitting on the couch, letting you do your thing. He is attacking you every chance that he can.
1: Yes, his hatred for mankind and God's creation fuels him. It's
0: this constant thing of like, he still thinks he's a creator. So he has to try to create these things in us, these counterfeits of God to pull us away, Mm -hmm. just to have that one up on God mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the first things he tries to steal from you is your identity.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: He'll try to convince you that, did God really say that? He'll try to convince you that the word you know in your heart isn't true. Steal that identity from you.
1: Yeah, he's and man. then he'll
0: accuse you in front of God for the things he's convinced you of. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a master in deception and deceiving.
0: Yes, he's been doing it since the beginning, so he's really gotten he's gotten a lot of practice, and he hasn't slowed down. He's, you know, he's just constantly at work. He's yes. constantly at work, and like you know, man, this is not the first generation. You know, in Noah's time, it was down to Noah. <laughs> I mean, so. There's other generations that have been just as bad if worse. you know. At at least there's at least more than just Noah, I believe, in this generation. But just to be down to the, you know,
1: he he convinced everybody. Yes. His time is short. His time is short. He knows that. Yes. Our time is short. (laughs) I think he
0: thinks his time is short because he's got a game plan of thinking he's got victory. I don't think he would be this motivated if he didn't think there was victory for him eventually but obviously we know what the truth is and we know that god is the ultimate victory he defeated him you know in the beginning and he's going to defeat him in the end i just don't think i think there's some something in him that thinks he can convince enough of us to raise up an army big enough his army wasn't big enough the first time so he thinks he can convince himself that if he just gets a bigger better stronger army that he can take out god which is i think just hilarious Um. Yes. Anyways, okay, so I know this is a long, drawn-out thing to get to this To this verse. Uh, verse 11 is really the verse I wanted to read because it. we highlighted this testimony, how important the testimonies are. Yeah. It's so important. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Obviously, super important. Just the blood of Jesus. Yes. That, that, that's how they overcame the dragon. And by the word of their to- testimony... And they did not love their lives to the death. They weren't worried about death because they knew what awaited them.
1: Right. right.
0: So this 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 power of the blood of the lamb, which is the ultimate grace, the ultimate faith mm-hmm. starter. If we believe, if we can believe in Jesus and the power of His blood, I mean that's that is a great starting point.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then. And then as we believe in that and our faith grows, even through tribulations, you know, the Bible tells us we'll go through perseverance
1: mm-hmm.
0: will, or that, you know, tribulations will produce perseverance. Perseverance will produce um, hope and character and all these other, all these other things. And then by the word of our testimony of what his blood's done for us, we have the victory. Mm-hmm. We can overcome
1: him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And think about that scripture in Romans, I think it's chapter five.
0: Romans five. I'm in New King James, by the way. I don't know what you're in Oh, that's where I'm at. Okay. Just wanted to shout that out for the people listening if they wanna if they want to look up these verses later, that's what we're reading in right now.
1: Romans five seventeen says for by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. It's through the grace of God, through, as you said, the blood of the Lamb that was shed for us, that gift of righteousness that that uh, caused us to be born again. That's how we reign in life, through God's grace and through His righteousness. You know, and, that, and our reigning in life is a part of our testimony, you know, how we defeat, how we walk in victory every day, overcoming circumstances and situations that come to us every day. You know, it's by the grace of God and by... By the, by the righteousness that we have received our, speaks to our identity. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, and it's, it's, it's by our identity and by the grace of God, the empowering of God in our life. You know, yeah. uh, you're talking about, uh while ago you was talking about uh, how, uh, you know, Satan is fueled. He's fueled and how this generation seems to be kind of lethargic concerning the things of God. And I know you you know this because I've been telling you this for years that as spiritual things, they have to be pursued. They have mm-hmm. to be pursued. You know, when your belly gets hungry, you immediately go to a restaurant or get you something to eat somewhere to satisfy that longing in your physical body. Spiritual things are a little bit different. They're not as easily recognizable so that's why a lot of people turn to, I don't know if this is skewing off of where you were wanting to go. No, it's cool. You know, that's why people turn to so many different things, you know, to trying to satisfy that hunger for God in their hearts, you know. So, you know, and the thing about this, the spiritual side of us in that pursuit of, of a relationship, you know, I, this is the way I think about it. If you really if you really love somebody, you want to spend time with them, mm. right? So, as uh, that speaking of our relationship with the Lord, I love God, so I should want to be spending time with Him, which uh, causes me to spend time in His Word, spend time in prayer, spend time in praise and worshiping God, because I love the Lord, and you know I want my relationship to be uh, to continue to grow. And to get stronger in God. And and with God it's it just it just goes on and on and on. It's not like you reach a, a plateau mm-hmm. in your relationship with the Lord, because spiritual things are not like natural things, like when you're satisfied from eating a big meal and you can't eat anymore. The thing about spiritual things is the more closer you to get you get to God, the hungrier you get. You don't get s- you're, there's the, You know, that the hunger grows in you mm. and grows in you as you spend more time with the Lord and in His Word and stuff. And and the second that you stop doing that and that, uh, I mean, we can go on about this as far as pursuing God, yeah. you know, but as uh, soon as I slow down in that, I can immediately, uh, my relationship will get a little bit cold. And not that I'm not going to heaven, you know. Because if you're born again, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You believe that God raised him from the dead. You're going to heaven, so you're born of God. But there's so much more that God has for us in our relationship with the Lord. I mean, I think about this sometimes. It's it's almost like if you go to a big theme park and say salvation is the ticket gate, you Mm -hmm. get your ticket, you get Jesus. Jesus, you become born again, and you step inside that gate. You've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You've been raised up with Christ because you've accepted Him. All that was in place, but because you accepted Him, you moved into that position. You're a child of God, mm-hmm. you know. But as you walk through that, and you, if you just stand there and look at all the rides in the theme park, and you just stand there and look at them, going, "Wow, that." It'd be fun to ride this, or that would be fun to ride that. I would really like to experience that, but you have to, you can't just stay on that side. You have to begin your walk, and that's really uh, tends to discipleship. You know, it's so important. Discipleship is such a huge, uh, Pastor John talked about that the other night, how discipleship leads to deliverance. I wrote that down in my notebook. That was so good that the actual discipleship Mm. process leads to my deliverance in my life because when a person is born again, they're spiritually reborn, but the soulish man is not born again. My mind and my will and my emotions did not receive eternal life. My spirit man received eternal life, and a lot of people don't understand that. That's why you see people get excited on fire for the things of God because of the of being the born again experience and Jesus coming into them and the freshness of it and oh my goodness you know you uh, I know that's what happened in my life it's just like you know wow you know I'm I'm different I'm different now and I knew I was different mm. you know but uh, you know I had to continue to pursue that I'm trying to think of where I was going with that you know but the discipleship process once you're born again. It's like that theme park. You begin to walk that out. You begin to study the. World. I like that roller coaster analogy. Um, the theme park thing is like uh,
0: when you get saved, you're a babe in Christ, right? So I love that. I could like, man, we could chase a hundred billion rabbits. That's the best thing about this is it doesn't have to be a specific thing. We can just talk about whatever. So I love the. And okay, so I get my ticket. I'm in the. I'm in the theme park, but I'm a baby. I'm not going to go ride the biggest, baddest roller coaster to start off. Mm-hmm. So I need, to, I need to start off with the kitty rides. I need, to, I need to get acclimated, right. right? I can't just go and eat, you know, a big old buffet and sit there in the park and get fat all day. I need to go do, the, I need to go enjoy what God's got for me. Right. But as you get older and you grow and you get closer to the bigger rides, do you remember what it was like to ride sure. the biggest, fattest ride? I mean, you, you guys would have to force me as like an 11-year-old to go and ride the rides because I would cry. I'd get so scared. So it's scary to take a step and go on the big ride that God's got for you because you don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. There, right. There's a fear that yeah. that tries to choke you up and keep you from having the enjoyment that God's got for you. So I like that. that uh, And you were talking about that initial moment. You had that realization just for a second. What was like, what was... What was your relationship with God like as a kid? What was church life like? I know you know Mama and Papa, or your um, Kelly and uh, Barbara, your mom and dad, and uh, Mama. I'm just gonna call Mama and Papa because it's easier for me. You, yes. Um, Mama was Catholic. Yes. And Papa was not Catholic, but he was some some version of something.
1: Well, Dad is. He's a little bit awkward when it comes to talking about church and spiritual things.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know if it was a. I don't know if he went to a Presbyterian church some as a child. He's talked about it a little bit, but it's been it's not like a whole lot about it. That, yeah, it's not enough information for me to really. Yeah, he did this, this, and this. You know, so you know he went to church because mom went to church. He later later in life he he went through these steps to become a Catholic. Right, so but I remember getting baptized. Yeah, that was later in his life. Way later. Yeah, but uh, so church life for me was
0: like as a kid. You remember going to Catholic mass and all that stuff? Yeah,
1: I went to a Catholic school. The first and second grade, we had mass every morning before school. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, I was a kid. It's just the, the thing that we did. Is, did you do the rosary
0: every night with your mom, or do you remember doing anything like that? I was just curious if you had like a prayer life or.
1: I vaguely remember having a rosary. I can't remember uh, if I uh, did that enough. It's <laughs> just, just a vague memory of it. I don't know. It wasn't something I I did for like weeks or months or nothing. I- How
0: old before they stopped making you go? That's another question.
1: Oh, I know. That's been a long time ago.
0: Like guesstimation, like elementary school,
1: middle school age, or ever, were you older? I would say I would- i get more accurate with mom by asking that question, but I'd say 15. Okay. So, you know, middle school or
0: uh, high school, I guess, freshman, 16, freshman, maybe. Yeah. sophomore-ish.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you went
0: weekly. You were in church weekly, but it wasn't, I mean, it, you, you weren't getting anything out of it. Not that you can't go and, and be Catholic and get get something out of it, but for you, you it wasn't, you weren't invested. It was just kind of you went because you had to go kind of thing.
1: Well, I didn't know to get anything out of it. You know, I didn't know. Right. I was completely ignorant of. What you care of about. Of what could happen to a person who applied themselves to their religious, you know. So I was ignorant on all that stuff. I had a base knowledge of God because I remember praying for like Dad to put smoking cigarettes and just. <laughs> Just things, you know. Like as a kid, you remember though? Yeah, I had enough religious that of just sitting in mass for years. That's awesome. Of I knew of God. I knew of God. Right. I mean that's the only way I know how to explain it. Yeah. If you would have asked me back then if I if I believe that Jesus that was born and all I, I would have agreed to all that, that statement. Mm. So but I wasn't born again. And that's—I know—it's hard for people to understand. Well, you believed in God. Well, I—I I did, but I never accepted Him as my personal Lord and Savior. Everybody has to come to a place in their life—that moment mm-hmm. when they realize they need a personal Savior. It's—it's a, it's a distinct moment. It's—it's a—it may be a graduation, a gradual. Working into that as more light as if you sit underneath the gospel, if you sit underneath some good preaching, eventually that light of the wonder will begin to uh, dawn on you. You'll begin to, to see your need for a savior. You know, but the actual moment is that moment. It's a very distinct moment. You know, in a person's life, and I, you know, you, i know witnessing to people and talking to people. You know, you're trying to get them to say you know, like, like, you know, when was it, you know, they they should be able to go back and say, oh, this is who I was. And this is who I am at mm-hmm. this particular day. They may not know the exact day or the exact hour. You know, I know mine was in summertime, you know, and but anyway. I think
0: a lot of people do just go through the motions. I think there's a thing about, um, you know, people who really need deliverance will have more of a, a, a memorable experience sometimes, but I think there is a part of that, you know, realizing, I mean, when you realized that you needed a savior, that you needed Jesus, it was different for you. You had never had anything like it before Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. you
0: had, in you, you, like you said, if someone asked you, if you believed, you would have said sure. And Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. But as you got older and you had that moment, you know, as a young adult, it was different. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone should have, I agree, like a moment where it was different for them, Mm -hmm. you know, even like, for me just real quick about you know growing up and and what we grew up in uh it was light and day different night and day different from what you grew up with i mean i could hear you guys through the floor praying at night and stuff and <clears throat> you'd pray for us every morning before you went to work we'd pray before every meal and it wasn't just like a religious like we have to pray it was like just part of your lifestyle reading the word i remember you know christmas time came around we we're going to read the story of jesus and the birth of jesus and stuff and like just the conferences and the you know church three nights a week if there was a and if there's an availability to go to something at church we were probably there i mean we were just very you were very committed and even for me i should have known more than you did at your age whenever you were having that like you know am i saved yeah maybe not and then you had more of a i should have had more at my age but i think the world you know quickly tries to turn it into religious like especially whenever I switched from CCA to public school, I went from private school through elementary school to public school and middle school. It was like, Oh, your family's just strict or you you know, your family's religious. And, and the world will start of filling your mind with junk, mm-hmm. not realizing like, no, they're living this way specifically because they are changed. They are different. They're not the person they were before. And I didn't get that. I don't know. I mean, I was saved at, gosh, like, I feel like I was saved at four. And then I got, I asked him back in my heart when I was like 10, just to make sure I wasn't young and dumb enough to not do it right the first time. And I had amazing moments of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit and stuff through high school. But I didn't have the security in who I was still. It was this weird, like, I didn't quite have the full grasp. I was loving, it was like the most powerful moments i ever had some some of the most powerful spiritual moments i ever had at that in that season i was also doing the way the world just as strongly i was having like this inner turmoil of of battling and stuff and a part that was probably because i truly didn't completely understand who i was even though it had been poured you can pour something into somebody it's so funny how you think someone's getting it and then you realize it on their face that they're not getting it. You know what I mean? And I feel like that was partially me as a, as a young person, I feel like I was so sheltered, but it was good for me. I just didn't understand it. And it it almost made me gullible to the world. Mm And I let the influence of the people around me tell me who I was rather than hold on to what I had been getting for years and years and years, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Mm So, even from someone who, I know we both have, uh, we grew up in church, but even with our church upbringing being different, I mean, I was in spirit-filled churches, I mean, since the beginning, right? I mean, so even that isn't just it's not enough you have to pursue it yourself like you said earlier you have to pursue it yourself and and you and not that i wasn't pursuing it but i also wasn't pursuing it completely
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and there's a thing there where if you're not pursuing it completely satan satan will attack and he will get in Mm -hmm. and and form strongholds Mm -hmm. even as a christian you can still have you know, you're still going to have spiritual warfare even more so. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. so, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: anyways, that's a little tangent on that.
1: Yeah, you're on the devil's radar there when you're (laughs) walking with the Lord. You know, when I quit going to church, the Catholic Church, there was a gap of probably, oh, six, seven years before I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So I think that... Uh, and I did all the things I wanted to do with smoking pot and drinking and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I went through that, that phase, which, so I probably, I don't know that my religious side kind of faded back and I probably, I don't know if this sounds right, might have made me more open, more open to the reality of Jesus, you know, uh, But, you know, God's got a time away from church, you know, time away from church, you know, but, you know, there again, uh, God's got somebody out there that's got the voice that can speak to every, every person. Mm. I mean, not every person, but a specific person, right? you know, everybody that needs Jesus, there's a specific person out there that's got a voice because I had the voice of a buddy of mine trying to get me to go to church. And I was I was dead set against that, and I was avoiding him because he, him, and his mom were constantly trying to get me to go either to a Christian concert or to church mm-hmm. and stuff. So as time went by, uh, I finally broke down and went to church with him mm-hmm. one night. I never forget. I'm leaving that church and that pastor had preached that Now, I think he was a visiting pastor at this little full full gospel church, and he said. Uh, he asked me if I—I I can't remember his exact words—if he asked me if I was saved or not. But I told whatever I, he said. I said I'm working on it, <laughs> which you know we don't work for our salvation, obviously. But the working on it for me was, like I said earlier, I began to hear the the, the gospel. I began to hear the truth. When you begin to hear the truth, the light starts to shine on your darks, your your darkness in your life and stuff, but. Even then, I really didn't recognize that I'm a sinner and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, even to the point of me asking Jesus into my life, you know, I started, there was a guy that I worked with at a railroad. moment who started talking to me about the Lord. We had talks about the Lord, and was just, he was the voice. Mm-hmm. He was the voice that spoke into my life. There was just that, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, I was talking to him about it natural conversation about the Lord I ain't been in church you know in years but anyway he 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 told me I need to ask Jesus into my heart he didn't have a a Romans the Roman road or nothing it was just I'm pretty sure it was just you know I need to ask Jesus but but those words those words got in my head and I was so spiritually ignorant you know and I don't mean this against the Catholic faith, but in the Catholic faith, you're you're baptized into the church, and you. They don't talk about salvation as much as they do in the Baptist church. Obviously, <laughs> the, the 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 truth that you need a savior. You know, you know, they talk about the savior, mm. but you know, they don't preach. You know you need the Savior. (laughs) If you want to go to heaven, Mm -hmm. you know, you must be born again. So, you know, I don't mean to be, you know, but anyway. That's
0: your experience, you know, and
1: and from going,
0: I went to quite a few Masses growing up too with Mama and Papa and from my experience, I had the same experience. Not saying that there's not amazing Catholic churches up there that might have it uh, set up a little bit different or teach a little bit different, but just from, it's okay to like, See, that's the one thing I also like I want to have all types of di- different denominations on here I want to have all different types of walks on here because mm-hmm. everyone's experienced Jesus differently right mm-hmm. so I don't I, I don't think you mean any harm by saying what you say it's just what you experienced so, with um, so
1: I think that's fun with those words I'd be at work and it's like and he told me first he told me he was praying for me and then it was a few weeks later I think he told me that
0: that was different. Was, I hadn't heard that one before right.
1: I just, when he told me that back then, I thought, oh, that's nice. (laughs) I mean, I was, I was, yeah, I was lost. And, but I mean, that that was just a nice thing that somebody does for somebody. And then, right, praying for, oh, that's, that's nice. Thank you, you know, (laughs) yeah, make a connection with, but anyway, anyway, I, but I, I was so, when he told me those words, it's like in my mind, I was expecting, I thought, it's like, a key opened the door, something's going to happen. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, if I ask Jesus into my heart, you know, it's like, well, what's going to happen? You know, this is, I've never done it. Never heard it taught. You know, I went to church with my buddy, like I said, and that guy might've even said that, but he, I didn't hear it.
0: Who was this guy at the railroad's uh, name again? It was uh, Ronnie Phillips. He laid down groundwork just at the perfect time for your heart to hear it. That started your journey to build. I mean, how many years ago was that? I mean, that's so crazy now to think exactly. about yeah. your faith, <laughs> his faith. Mm-hmm. Because of his faith and being honest and open with you, it hits you different. And that's so awesome to think. Like without that guy, who knows where you would have ended up? Yeah. You could have done another decade or two of just kind of. Because once you're you're in the world, you're just in the world. You're just doing your thing. But God knew. When you needed it, and thank God for that. That's awesome. Right.
1: Ronnie, he was a real deal. He was a real deal. You know, he was. We
0: gotta be more like that to testify yeah. and to you know that that amps me up to want to go tell someone. Hey, not just to tell someone you need Jesus, just like naturally let the Spirit lead me to tell more people about it, so they can start that journey that they need to start. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he walked the walk and talked the talk.
0: Yeah, he wasn't a,
1: a loud, bold person. He just. He just did do. Well, more work. times
0: than not, especially in like a regular workplace, they're not always the loudest and most. You know, I mean, sometimes you'll find those super character, like uh, big characters and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's hard to be very talkative and and not be a little wishy washy. You know what I mean? Like uh, in so a work nice. environment, because you're going to talk about this person and that person, and it's hard not to get wrapped up. So. I don't know. I don't think everyone's got to be quiet, but I think, uh, you know, I mean, think about you at the plant for all those years. You probably weren't the most loud,
1: loud-spoken <laughs> guy out there on no, the floor. Just, uh, you just live your life for Jesus. And, you know, oh, I mean, sometimes all you do is sit there and have the Bible open in your lap, and people recognize that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's not normal. I'm just not normal in I'm any way. look at me. I mean, it's not about drawing attention right. to me you know, but it's just kind of an outward evidence of this is who I am, you know, and stuff. And
0: It's got to be humility first. It's got to be him mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And if any part of you is, is be trying to be prideful and being looked at, you just need to lay that down because that's not who you are. That's not, you know, we're not doing this for our, for our praise. We're doing this for Jesus, right? So the whole point of of us living this way is to die to ourselves and live, you know, let Jesus live through us. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not sitting there with a Bible in your, in your lap at uh, work going, you're saying this, I'm, I'm really holy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and those says the Lord, he, no, you know, <laughs> I was going to ask you, <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm sure you did after they were cursing like sailors in there. I'm oh, so you were like you need some Jesus. Dark scripture right here. I had a girl at work today. She was stressing about something and all all of our routes are getting reevaluated. All the routes are getting reevaluated and we were getting told that it was looking like all of our routes are gonna go down in pay and down in hours and stuff. But uh God's good and we got the results back today and my route went up two hours. And uh Still have to work six days a week, but praise the Lord. Um. Anyways, and she's super stressed. She doesn't want her route to get too many hours. I know this is like another rabbit. I'm sorry, but it just popped in my head. If she gets too many hours, she loses four hours. If her route busts, is what they call it, she loses hours. And she, she'd rather lose like an hour or so now rather than lose all those hours because she's putting two kids through college. But anyways, she's stressed. She was stressed at work and... She can't speak. She's her, her vocal cords are messed up. So she, she whispers very quietly. And her and the other lady at work, she was kind of getting, you know, rude with her. And she made a point to text me whenever I got to my route saying, hey, I'm not trying to be stingy and this, that, or the other. And I was like, you're not bugging me at all. You know what I mean? And and I, I felt like in that moment I was able to just tell her, like, hey, don't stress. Like, God's got it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I was just trying to be as genuine as possible with her and she said something else and just talking about how she stresses and she is so She said I, god hasn't taken that away from me yet and i wanted to you know immediately it's like god can't take that away but i'm trying to like not just say it to say it sometimes it sounds like you just say the answer because like, oh, i know the answer like like look at me but it's like no like i've had a couple encounters over the past couple months with people and it's it's like what am i supposed to say not what now, what do I want to say? What am I supposed to say? What does God want me to say? So long story short, I said, hey, if you're, if you're curious or you don't know what to do, let's pray. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll, I'll be praying. Why don't you pray? Well, I'll pray that God will show you what to do with your route and you'll know exactly what to do. And whatever he tells you to do, I fully support. I'll be praying alongside with you that god will just show you open your eyes to exactly if you need to get rid of ours if you need to hold on to them if you need to be patient if you need to do it now we'll just just start praying into it and that's where i left it i just wanted to give her a little bit of encouragement and and drop it off so i don't know where i was going with that one either just the like you know you see these people living life and and they're struggling and you have these little moments you know you had a uh, you had a moment with that guy at work and It's like the more you're in tune with him, the more you're going to get those little moments. To not say, look at me, I'm reading my Bible, but I'm sure you had plenty of encounters with people uh, in the plant and they'd ask you something. Are they, you know, and it's
1: full of opportunities. It's full of opportunities. So don't always recognize them and stuff.
0: But you being in your word at, at work will make you a lot more of a target for people. You know what I mean? People are going to be a little bit more interested in what you got. You know, like, okay, this guy's a little different um sorry i i went on that tangent i just thought about work and her and it's like don't stress just... that's
1: real life that's that's where we are in our workaday worlds, opportunities to minister to people there's every day every day
0: i look i like how i had these questions written out and like i've already gone over a couple of them and you just naturally went into like how you met jesus and like how you like were going through you know
1: well, what happened uh, you had I finally, I knelt down by my bed one night and asked Jesus to come to my heart. I think I did. Mommy did it at work a couple of times just to test the waters. <laughs> and, you know, I know God was working with me. God's mercy when he was working with me. And I don't know what made me get on my knees that one night. And uh, maybe I was more submissive that night. I don't know. But it mm-hmm. was that night, The next, and there was no fireworks. There was no heavenly the, you know, my booth, my trailer didn't part, and angel singing or nothing, you know, nothing happened, I didn't feel nothing, but the next day, I was different, and I don't really know how to explain that, uh, I don't even remember, you know, that day as far as waking up, and, and but just, it was a gradual, I realized, uh, I was different, I mean, I had a stack of uh, pornographic magazines. It's like all of a sudden I can't have that. Hmm. All of a sudden, the day before I could have all that, but then then, then it was. Uh, it's so funny. I mean, it's just I'm just being real. I'm just being real. with no, I mean that's you know yeah I threw away some but kept some. You know that's a yeah. Just yeah. threw away some. Justify some of them was the, some of those you particularly See uh, some. Oh. <laughs> How do you think you
0: know, like guys I mean I guess that's that that's a that's a big old can. We got to say that for another time because like that that whole lustful thing. I mean let's say that for another time, but it continue with saying what you're saying because you're saying like you're getting rid of all this stuff and mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I go going to church with my buddy and then that's uh the rest is history. Uh and he's going to a little full gospel church. Here I grew up in a Catholic church was 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 re- was uh, religious and it was quiet and uh, it was uh, full a lot of religious form, you know, you did this, did you nail down, you said they'd read a certain thing mm. it's real it's kind of Catholic esque. <laughs> yeah. 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 Was it Methodist or was it? It's Catholic. Catholic. Oh, you you knelt down before you got in the in mm-hmm. the pew, and then they had the little things that folded down, and we knelt down at certain times of the mass. The mass was uh, st- st- strictly—I mean, the the priest would get up there and read something every mass, you know, a part of the gospel or whatever scripture and stuff. And I, I guess he taught on it, but I don't remember anything sticking out in my mind. But uh, you know, I go from that. To uh, aisle running, dancing in the aisle, Mm. full gospel church, and it was just, I was just like there and in it, and it's like, oh my goodness, this is this is the way it's. It's just like it was all natural. All of a sudden, all this is all okay. You know, I didn't have any kind of religious. And nobody ever told me to stay away from the Pentecostal church or speaking in tongues of the devil. I had I hadn't heard any of that stuff. I was protected from that. I guess I had no religious baggage with me when I came. So you're a perfect specimen. I just I just was open to all that stuff. You know, it's crazy. You didn't bug your flesh
0: a little bit, but you were just open to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, It didn't bother me. You know, the reality of Jesus in me just was 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 that was a. That was what the key was, probably. You don't have, to have an answer for this, but it's just a bugging question in my mind. Why do you think
0: when some people can say they have more of an encounter like yours, and then others seem to like still struggle? Do you think it's that just you really didn't have any baggage, really, or do you think there's something more to that encounter you had? Because you, like you said, though it wasn't like the the trailer was you know parted into or anything. It, it was the day after where you started to notice the change. So. Why do you think some people don't have that immediate want for change? Or, and maybe they do, but
1: it, it seems to burn off quickly. Right. Well, I can't. I don't know if I can explain that for everybody. Uh, right. Other than what I was saying a while ago about realizing that, uh, you know, that moment, that born-again moment, you know, there's there's literally probably... Millions of people that go to church every day that are religious, but they've not been born again, and it's just something that they grew up doing, and they just continue doing it. And uh, you know, uh, mine going from a atmosphere, Catholic atmosphere of not hearing that priest, and then it happening to me it was a part of mine. But why some people? You know, when people that's why discipleship is so important. That's you know, people Mm. they immediately need to get plugged into a good church, they need to get involved in the church, they they need to start reading their Bible, they need if they need somebody to help come alongside of them, a buddy, a parent, maybe, you know, just all different kind of scenarios, but you immediately need to get that ball rolling in the discipleship process because when you become born again, like you said earlier, you're a babe. And I mean, you don't even know how to suck your thumb at you. Don't, (laughs) you know, scripture, all that's happened in scripture. You don't know anything that really truly Mm -hmm. belongs to you yet. You know, other than there's always a potential that you've heard all that preached and you didn't think nothing of it, but then you get saved and all that floods back into you. You Mm -hmm. know, there are, I'm sure occasions of that, you know, where somebody said it under some good preaching for years, and they didn't, they weren't born again. Then all of a sudden, they accepted Christ, and oh my gosh, all that they've been hearing, you know, starts working and plugged into their life, you know. But people have all kinds of. No, people don't have all kinds of experiences. There's, I don't, I don't mean it like that. I mean, there's only the the born again experience, you know. There's only one. I mean, you when you're born again, it's not you, there's no oh, there's not a bunch of different ways it's it's accepting Christ, you know, right? And being born again, you know, but it,
0: I guess like the root of the question really should be more of like, what would our advice be to baby Christians? Like if you're listening and you're you're a fresh Christian, get involved, you know, pursue him. Right. And you know, church is great. Churches, so you need to be in church, you need to be in your Bible. And no matter what church you go to, whenever you go, go home and read the word again that your pastor was teaching about and and, and let, it, let your own mind see what he's talking about. Right. Because, you know, God will get you to where you need to be, what family of God you need to be in, whether you start there or in there, you'll end up there if you just keep on seeking him. Mm-hmm. But as a babe... You know, you got to feed yourself. You got to feed yourself that bottle and you have to pursue him. You know, I truly trust the people in our church. You know, I truly trust the people in our church. And, you know, I just want to make sure that people know as babes in Christ, read the word for yourself, because you need to have an understanding of what it says for yourself. So someone doesn't lie to you and start immediately filling you with stuff that might not necessarily be true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean to, I was kind of overthinking it, but that's exactly, I mean, beginning the discipleship process. Finally, I,
0: My question was a little broad and it, it was a tough, it was a tough question to ask. I should have asked you, what would your advice be? But that's how you figure it out. That's how you figure out how to do this. But, you know, it's just something that it, whenever Garrett, we were talking to Garrett when we went to RAMP, we, we just went on a youth trip with our youth and it was awesome and spirit filled and it was amazing. And Garrett was, you know, He went through like a lifeline, right? He went through a drug rehab, basically, and uh, he was in jail for a short season and went to drug rehab, and a lot of the guys who went through it, I was just curious if any of them were, and he said, well, none of them are really doing what I'm doing, and I, I was more so like, hmm, none of them, and he said maybe a couple of them had been living better lives and stuff, but he didn't get how they weren't radically transformed because he was radically transformed. Mm-hmm. So that question's been bugging me. Like, why are some... And m- some of that's got to be their heart. Some of it's got to be the timing of it. Some of it's got to be baggage and blockage and 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 walls and stuff that they need spiritual uh, deliverance from. And that's where that discipleship comes in, mm-hmm. where, you know, being saved is just step one. Like we were talking about, it's just step one. You know, you, you just because you're, you're saved doesn't mean that there aren't some stuff that you're still gonna have to deal with you know we were talking about demons and and how they can oppress you and they latch on you and Jesus goes into it and, the, and and he John went into it just a little bit about how Jesus kind of explains the way they think they'll leave you and then they'll come back with seven more I mean they're just really out to get you so I feel like that discipleship that getting to know who you are relearning your identity all that stuff is super important to start off with because otherwise, You'll look back three weeks from the day you got saved, and it's going to be like, "What changed?" You know, you have to really push into that, and you know, you starting off with the, you know, the music and the pornography, and, and I think um, I don't know if very many guys haven't dealt with that kind of stuff, but it's just part part of it. If you would have held on to that stuff, it would have been a lot longer track for you. Mm-hmm. You could have held on to that stuff for years if you weren't careful Mm -hmm. so that willingness that that just true understanding that conviction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that you felt i think is super important Mm -hmm. if you're out there and you're feeling conviction it's it's okay just you know let it lead you to get out what you need to get out maybe you're holding on to something that you don't need anymore
1: right
0: you can be delivered from it but you don't you can't continue submitting to it. We were just learning about this. John was teaching about deliverance, talking to us like we we're delivering others, and I was like, I need deliverance. I was like, Wow, I need to submit more to him because when you submit to this addiction or that, I mean, all addictions the same. You know? Mm-hmm. But certain addictions will lead to different demons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Certain addictions will lead to laziness, certain will lead to depression, certain ones will lead to gluttony. I mean, there's all types of different types of addiction but it's one addiction with multiple different little things that work through it you know it's like this huge i mean you could talk about that stuff for hours and hours but Mm -hmm. to get deliverance the first step the easiest i mean he dumbed it down to like the basic like you know first grader knowledge is you have to submit to god
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and resist the devil and he gave us that sheet um do you have that sheet It says, uh, submit, whenever we submit to somebody, when we're submitting to God, submit is to come into agreement with, come under authority of, and for some reason, it's huge. All pride can stop us from wanting to give authority away. We want to rule the roost. And it's not our life to like rule anymore. We have a Savior, but we have a Lord, we have a King, we have a God that we need to serve, and we need to come under authority of Him. And if you're having trouble with that, it's pride. It's pride. And I know what that's like, because sometimes, I, even hearing that sometimes, it's like, my there's something in my flesh that's like, ugh! Mm-hmm. And then it says, and come into alignment with And then to resist, we're resisting the devil. It says to actively and forcefully, forcefully stand against and oppose the enemy, holding your ground and refusing to be pushed back. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just wanted
1: Yeah, And Pastor John, how to forsake sin. I don't want it. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. First of all, you start off. He said, whenever you're, when you're dealing with giving something up, say it's too much TV time or whatever, it could be the simplest thing. It doesn't have to be like the worst sin ever. Sure. It's about like how much time is it taking away from God mm-hmm. or like how much you're invested into. You can tell, you can tell when you put your phone away and it's like burning in your, in your pocket and you like want to pull back out that you might have a little bit of a phone addiction, right? Mm-hmm. So first thing we have to do is tell ourselves, I don't need it. I don't need it is one of the biggest things you can tell you. You got to say that over and over and over. You got to fill your mind with it. You got to renew your mind with it. I don't need it. Whatever it is. And then as you get to where you're not needing it as much, and then you have that urge to do it again, I don't want it. Then, then as you say, I don't need it, I don't want it. Get yourself, make it gross to yourself. Whatever it is. Like, man, I've been wasting so much stupid time doing this, that, or the other. I don't want it. Right? Because all it is is just blocking you from Jesus or your relationship with God. So I, then you go into I don't want it. And then you go, you, you progress through that to I don't do it. I just don't do it anymore. It's just not me anymore. Not only do I not need it, I don't want it, I don't do that. That's not me. That's my, not my identity. So that's thank you for pulling that out. That was good.
1: Yeah, I wrote that down. That was
0: <laughs> powerful. I know I've heard him say that before, that specific, but like Man, I've been loving the Sunday nights. It's just, it's really awesome to have a little bit more of a smaller group. And if you're not, if you're in a church that doesn't have life groups, you got to find a group of people to live life with. Because Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so much, you you get, I mean, mean, some people are not the most confident on Sunday morning. I'll be the first to say I'm not the most confident. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to build relationships. But force yourself out of your comfort zone, out of your little bubble and meet with somebody. Once a week, once every other week, meet with a group of like minded people because it'll, it'll, that'll, that's discipleship. That's okay. where you really are like helping each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely.
0: You know, I just love that just the free, like, range of conversation leads us to talking to like people who are, you know, getting saved and stuff, you know, starting with your story of. Get how you got saved, and then we get into this, you know, it, it just gets you amped up. Um, I was going to ask you, way way long ago, because uh, I had these questions that we're probably never going to get to, and I know you had, like, eight verses, and I don't even know if we're going to get to those today. Maybe we can do those another time. Um, those are really good, though. Those are all... They they were all correlating in my mind as I was reading, it was really cool. Anyways, I was going to ask you to... Uh, explained to us how you truly met jesus and you kind of went into that so i like it's like the questions are answering themselves as we go through and what did cha- jesus change in your life you start telling us about how you know you started getting rid of stuff Yeah, they start getting rid of stuff uh here's one question because you've been saved for all you've been a christian for 30 40, 40 years i was gonna say 30 something but 40, 40 years so Here's a question for people who maybe have been for, been saved for a long time. How is your relationship with Christ still growing? Because earlier you said it doesn't stop, right? So it's still in you. It's still growing. Um, do you have like? Could you give me like a a way it's still growing for you? Yeah. Uh, what is God leaning on your heart?
1: Well, growing you just, uh... in. Praise the Lord. That might be a tough one. Well, you know, it's not tough, it's just my tired of brain at the moment. But, uh, you know, I've just continued, you just continued walking with the Lord. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, you know, starting that discipleship process, getting in a good church, it helps to you get plugged in and, and get involved in, in the work of God also is another aspect of helping you you know because God didn't make us all islands of ourselves mm. I mean you read John chapter 15 and, and Jesus is the vine we are the branches you know we stay attached to the you know in him you know and stuff if you abide in me my words abide in you ask what you will it's that abiding if I abide in him I'm still going to be bearing fruit and that's you know, what your Christian life, a lot of it is all about, you know, is bearing fruit for Jesus, for Christ, and that God is glorified. And that's another thing. I, you, I, want, I want to glorify God. I want my life to glorify Him. And that's another thing that, that keeps me in the Word. You know, you want to be a blessing to other people. You want to.
0: You have that in you. It's that giving mentality like blessing others it's not about just blood like it's not like you don't do it expecting it back right. but you have that faith of knowing you will you know you you reap what you sow and stuff but like real quick chase one more rabbit and then we'll, we'll see wrapping it up because i i those other stuff we could get into it's going to take forever and i think this is a good place to like kind of like if we do another two hours we're going to both be sleeping in the church by the time we're done
1: home with the kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so uh, I was going to go somewhere and I lost it. Oh, giving. I like whenever we used to go to like, uh, Texas and, and I, you guys would like, uh, invite homeless to eat with us or get buy them a room or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen you guys have this giving. I think, I think that's the way you grow is like that giving mentality. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's not hard for you to want to give and pour into what god and not only people but what god's doing specifically like the the minister the ministry that you feel like you're getting filled up with you're you're pouring into that first thing like there's just that that uh, i don't know i mean just discipline like you know for me once we started getting back into church me and, me and my wife and my wife jody and my kids we started coming back to church we started tithing pretty Pretty immediately after we started coming regularly, and it it might have been a little tough at first, but it does feel natural now to where it's just like a thing we do. And I and I, now I feel this like want to give more. I don't want it to just be. I want to like budget my money better so I can give a better uh offering. I want to give offering. I don't want to just tithe. You know, we, we we've been we've been very studious tithers which is great. But I want I want I want to set a goal. Like this is what I want. To have either in my pocket to give to people who are begging on the side of the road or give it into whatever ministry I feel led to, Matt 25 in the church, whatever God leads me to do. When they go to Mexico, mm-hmm. I remember I felt so strongly, I, I just had to give something. I, and I remember the whenever, I can't remember his name, he gave a presenta- presentation of our church going to Mexico into that orphanage and I just knew like it was in me. So. I just, I just wanted to mention like that giving thing. You you've instilled that in me, and it. What was it? Getting filled with the Holy Spirit. What was it that like led you to that giving mentality? Just your time in the Word. Your your you know.
1: Well, hearing the Word mm-hmm. and light like coming on on that you know, uh, hearing that priest and taught about giving. You know, and I'm going
0: to get better at these questions. I promise. I'm such a, <laughs>
1: this is like a, you're doing awesome. I, I think we are doing good though. Right? Some job. You're talking like you're talking to them. I want to talk to them and I want to talk to you. Like I, I was feeling this moment earlier when we
0: were talking, like, I was like, I need to speak to people specifically too. Yeah. Because uh, that's the whole point of an audience, right? Like you talk to them, like, yes. I love, because like I could talk to you. And we can talk about, I love our conversations because we always have these great conversations about God. And now, like, not all of them have to be recorded. But when we do record them, we can also speak out specifically. If we're talking about a specific type of people, we can speak something into their lives. That's what the spiritual thing and anyone and everyone can listen to this at any time will be recorded forever. So as long as the, you know, um, we have technology like this until we go back to the Stone Ages, (laughs) whatever happens. It's available, you know. However many people it touches, it doesn't matter. It's it's not about that, you know. I've really tried to get myself in the mentality of like whatever, whatever growth this has, whatever, however big of a platform this becomes, it's all for Jesus. Okay. Our story, you know, the most important thing about your testimony is because of that, and that came to you and talked to you about Jesus. I'm here now. You might not have even met Mom if it wasn't for you changing your life when you did, being open. it leads to the generational that my sons are going to be raised with a godly grandfather, a godly father, Mm -hmm. that they're going to know what Jesus is. And even if they have hard times, just like I did when I was a kid, we'll know how to battle against that. We'll know how to pray into that. Mm -hmm. I've been so blessed beyond measure with, um, I feel like God's really protected me. I just feel like I've been protected a lot in my life. Um, I see so many people who've been so broken and I've been through hard times. I've been through some tough stuff, but, uh, not, not to the extent of others. I've seen it around me. And, um, that's God protecting me. And Mm -hmm. it's because of what you've, you prayed into me and, and mom and and just your influence. And even though I had my season of, of rebellion and idiocy, I, you know, I, I realized before the kids, but especially after having my sons that, how how you can get so sidetracked as a kid, and then you see your kids you're like, "Oh, they're gonna do the same thing to me." <laughs> my kids aren't at that age yet, but uh you get an appreciation for it for sure. Amen. so let's wrap it up. Uh, I love you, and uh thank you for doing this for me with me and uh if you're out there and you need a church to go to, we go to Fifth center of Paducah um I don't know the address or anything like that.
1: It's Hanson Road. I'm not sure the uh, address. <laughs> Flamingo Road on 10 a.m. on
0: Sundays. If you're listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all later.